Welcome to the final live recorded episode of 2022. It's been a great year for Sim Sundays. Today, unfortunately, we don't have Tom, but what we do have is part of the Gridfinder team. We have Nick Hill and Camille today. Camille's the newest member of the team, and Nick Hill, you know, he's the, the developer that's been putting in the heavy, heavy hours until I can switch to full time. Welcome to, I think this is episode 27, guys. How are you guys doing today? I'm hey. good, yeah, I'm good. Doing good. Doing good, doing good. It's uh, it's pretty exciting to have you guys on here because, you know, we've Tom and I have toyed with the idea of getting you guys on. and Well, specifically you, Nick Hill, because Camille, you're a little bit newer, so obviously it was just luck of the draw that you started <laughs> and now you're going to be on the podcast. But, you know, we've always wanted to do a show where we kind of intro the Gridfinder team and just get people a little bit of knowledge about like who you guys are, how, how you got your start in sim racing, you know, what you do for the team, because, you know, they see the screen names in discord all the time when you're answering questions and <laughs> chit chatting with them and stuff like that. But they don't know you guys like they know Tom and I, cause Tom and I have been, have been on the show. So let's actually dive into that a little bit and we'll start with you, Nick Hill. So why don't you tell the viewers and listeners, you know, how you got your start, in sim racing and then a little bit you know you can sprinkle in how you actually met tom and how Gridfinder convinced you to completely drop what you were doing and go all in with us yeah it's a pretty crazy story actually uh pretty surprised i'm here too uh usually i managed to find a way to skirt out of, out of the, the beloved <laughs> Simpson days um but yeah really happy to be here um so yeah i'm uh, nick hill also known as uh, Swifty in the old Gridfinder Discord. Um, I've been working on the the website for about a year now, um, which is actually, well, a bit over a year, but um, I met Tom a bit over a year, so about a year and two months ago. Um, we we were at a, a bar in Newcastle, so we're both living in the same city uh, in Newcastle. So um, we met which at a bar. Tom? Tom seems to think that Newcastle's like the best city in the world to live in. Jury's still out for me because I haven't visited yet, and hopefully this year it does happen, but it does it's, sound uh, like a cool it's actually, city. It's not only Tom that thinks that, but it's it's uh, everyone who lives here. <laughs> also yeah, I, I think that as well. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, we, we just went for a, a drink um, in and around the startup uh, scene in Newcastle. Um, I'd brought like another project that I was doing. Met Tom. Um, always had a really, uh, really big interest in mainly F1, but then um, not so much like club level motorsport or anything, but definitely like cars and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. We met, hit it <clears> off really well, got on really well. Um, he told me what he was doing. I told him what I was doing. Um, after that, it was a little bit foggy. I'm not going to lie, the, the beers kicked in, but... Um, uh, <laughs> well, it we wasn't then... like just a chance meeting at a pub. It, was, it wasn't like, oh, there's a random person. Let's start talking Gridfinder. You guys were both part of the, the like startup accelerator thing. Uh, what's, what was it called? Ignite or whatever, right? Yeah, so we, Where... we were going with our different, different ideas, different businesses, um, and we, we went to really meet the people that were in charge of the Ignite Accelerator, which is a team of people that run a program for startup founders in Newcastle. Um, they've been elsewhere previously, but this one's for Newcastle. Um, so they had a party to start everything off. Um, and then me and Tom being sort of networking phobes, uh, we, <laughs> um, we basically met in the bar for the cube talking about how, uh, how hard it is to just randomly talk to someone. Um, and they basically just stuck so together you, all night. <laughs> <laughs> you guys bonded over the fact that you're both introverted and it's like hard to be in, in an extrovert type environment that's funny how well, it, you guys came together i think it's funny because at the time i just assumed tom was like me but you know as a lot of the listeners and you know tom's actually very talkative very extroverted won't yeah. talk yeah. to anyone you know so um now knowing what i know now <laughs> maybe that wasn't so true but at the time i thought we were we were quite similar in that sense um and then yeah he, he you know tom's tom's a great guy he talks a lot uh talks a lot of what he's doing at Gridfinder, and that really captivated me at the at the bar. Um, we decided to meet up again the next day. Um, again, Tom being Tom, he forgot about it and was late. Uh, but we <laughs> met up, got got drunk again, um, talked things through, and thought we'd be a really good team. Um, so you know, and then it went from went from there really. Like, I got added to the Gridfinder team Discord. Um, we mm -hmm. have our meetings at um, eight p.m. <clears throat> 
on a Tuesday, I think it was at the time. So I did my first uh, one. Yes. Yes, it was Tuesday at 8 p.m., and, and the reason we had to do that is because I'm in the United States in Ohio on Eastern Time, and, of course, I wasn't able to just join GridFinder full-time. It was a nights and weekend kind of project for me, so it was more of a, okay, we have to find another developer. So we were just going to interview some, like, entry-level guys just because, well, GridFinder wasn't making really any money, and then uh, Chance meet up with you pretending to be an introvert, Tom, in, uh, in the bar, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, and then and actually, that's when I started sim racing. So, I'd I'd really been into racing, um, racing games, and um, you know, like F one when I was a kid, like a lot. Um, I remember playing F one. I don't know what year it was, but it was on my uh, Nintendo sixty four, around the time that um, Formula One was on Channel Four in the UK, which meant mm -hmm. it was free. Um, so I used to really get into that, and then. Um, after that, there was a bit of a dip. I got into a game called Rocket League, which absorbed a lot of my time. That um, game seems to, to be very good at taking people's time. My son got into that game as well, and like he's in tournaments all the time, and he's trying to you know rank up and, and become one of the big, big uh, trophy winners because he wants to go to tournaments and everything. And I hear that you're quite the Rocket League player. Well, or at least I you mean, were. I was, yeah. So we, we used to play in like European level tournaments back in like 2017. Okay. So that, I think that, that was um, that was sort of before Rocket League had boomed as an eSport, but, um, but not, not too long before, you know, the, the, the pros sure. were kicking around, um, the prize pools were getting bigger. It was sort of about that, that initial like... It's kind um, of, it's almost uptake. like where sim racing is going now. Um, I know... Like, obviously, there's big sim racing competitions and, you know, sim racing expo exists. But it's still kind of in its infant stages, realistically, when it comes to how big that I think it's going to get. Um, it's Esports is becoming more of a thing that everyone is accepting because the generations are changing. So, you know, my generation now is kind of becoming the, the old folk. And we all love video games. And, and the people after, or not after me, but before me, they're still kind of in that mode where, like, video games are a waste of time. You know how that goes. So it's it's a nice thing for it to all be changing because it opens up opportunities for us, Gridfinder, as a team, to, to be able to build something that we love, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. Camille. Yes. You <laughs> just jo Well, you actually technically haven't joined the team, but you have joined the team because, you know, all the formalities and everything and yeah, offers and yeah. all that great stuff, you know? paperwork side of things is all done right how yeah. how did you get your start well actually let's let's start here how did you okay. find out about grid finder well i knew nickel from a previous job and um we kind of hit it off from day one uh good friends literally from day one uh played a couple of games together ended up going out a few times you know things like that and uh, i knew from literally within a few weeks when he, he mentioned he wanted to do a bit more than just you know what he's currently doing um I was always interested, you know, um, just try to figure out what he's doing, help him out when I can. Um, and I think he even mentioned in the chat a lot saying he wanted to do something like this. And I was like, yeah, go for it. You know, start your yeah. own thing. It's always going to, you know, you're young, you can't hurt. Um, and even after that, we still kept up with everything. We always talked and uh, it was good to see project go where it was going and uh, I was always interested in it to be fair and uh, when Nicole approached me saying he liked me uh, he liked me to be on the team I think he mentioned it before as well a few times saying if we are hiring would you be interested things like that um, nice job Nicole. I think I kind of you know <laughs> putting the worm out there baiting it a yeah. little bit getting getting yeah. it going through his mind so he's thinking the, about yeah. it yeah at right at the front of his brain that's where I tried to plant the grid find about <laughs> right well yeah. done well done <laughs> um so yeah, and then Nicola just messaged me one day saying, "Hey, do you wanna do you wanna come meet me at the office?" And I kind of had a feeling. I was like, "Yeah, all right, yeah, I'll see, yeah. I'll see you there." And then I know what's yeah, going was, on here, right? Yeah, <laughs> well, no, it's, it's it's something that I feel like I can bring a lot to. Like I've always been interested in esports, uh, in racing, not exactly sim racing, but um, sure. when I was a little kid, you know, played all the Midnight Club Three Dub Editions and uh, oh, Need for Speeds was and such a good game. I wasted yeah, I know. So, well, I, I I shouldn't say wasted. I gave away so many hours of my life to that game like that was one of the first racing games where it was open world and you could just yeah. drive the streets and go wherever you wanted 
And then the cool thing about that is like they had the little like light orbs in the road that that were your checkpoints. Yeah. But you could take any route through the city. So yeah, if the, yeah. the checkpoints are far enough apart, you could just take any route. You can go down alleyways, a completely different direction than the rest of the racers. It was such a good game. I I would love to have that game back for sure. Yeah, so just growing up with video games, just played a lot of that. And then I kind of got into a fair bit of esports when I started playing a bit more competitive games like CSGO, yeah. things like that. Um, went to a couple of LAN tournaments, played in some online tournaments, and then went to a lot of uh, e-sport festivals, um, gaming festivals, things like that, and uh, I was kind of, you know, eyeing it up, and uh, here we are, yeah. The cool thing about all of us, like, following video games, and it's specifically, like, esports, like, even though it's a Rocket League tournament for you, Nick Hill, or, you know, what what games were you typically following when you were doing your, your esports tournaments and stuff like that? You didn't mention the game, I don't remember. Uh, me, sorry. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, CS:GO fairly. Um, yeah, mainly mainly CS:GO, and I used to play, and then a fair bit of Rocket League as well. But I never really played in that. I just kind of watched a lot of that. And same with okay. things like League of Legends. Just watched a lot of that. Um, I think I'm actually going to be going to Worlds this year, next year, um, to the League of Legends tournament. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, nice. just um, everything really. <laughs> so, where I was kind of going with it is, you know. Knowing esports and seeing how big it can be, and seeing the big tournaments and the—I don't know—it's almost like a v Las Vegas presentation. Of course, I'm American, so I think of it as in terms of like Las Vegas lights and craziness and just amazing atmospheres. I can see where sim racing would fit that bill perfectly, and obviously, we all got to see Sim Racing Expo. Sim Racing Expo was absolutely amazing, and it gave you that that feel. But I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger from there. And then what's cool for us is we're building league management. So we're we're like, I don't want to say ground level, like we're inventing something. But you know what I mean? We're, we're trying to bring the grassroots leagues up a little bit more so that they can get more people, get more exposure, become bigger. Like some of the most amazing things, we were sitting right next to the Williams eSports team in our booth. We're grid finding. Yeah. We, yeah, I mean, we I started we speaking, from nothing. We were speaking to, um, I think it was it was either Twitch or Overwolf the other day, and um, they said they mentioned this term that they prefer to use, which is uh, gaming enablers. So okay, so in, instead of game services, so not like cloud services or whatever, gaming enablers. So things like things to do tools, basically in the modding scene, or like tournament structures, or you know whatever. And I think I think that. That really ignited something in uh, me and Tom when we heard them say that because that's what Gridfinder is. Like we enable communities to go racing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and that that was a, a really cool little way to phrase it. I think that is uh, some marketing guy got a bonus <laughs> for that that term because he's like, how do we make cloud services and how do we make this sound better and not so just binary and ones and zeros and boring and they're like mm, gaming enablers there we go there's there's the marketing jargon that we need that's funny but it does it does hit hit it perfectly because you know we're servers and we're a software as a service essentially it's not fun when you think about the the raw facts of what we classify as but gaming enablers make sense because we are making it so that these small leagues can can throw their stuff up on Gridfinder and just like be found. I found a bunch of leagues myself just because I'm, you know, trying to use the site more as a general user rather than a dev person. Because and I found a lot of just miscellaneous things where I feel like we can improve it over time just because I'm doing that. And the amount of leagues that we have, the the amount of options that are. This sounds like a giant ad, and I'm realizing that <laughs> like right now. But it's 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 really cool to see not only not only know the fact that I'm, we're making the product, but that it, so many grassroots communities and bigger communities alike have adopted it and started using it because it does really serve a purpose in the world of sim racing, you know? It's, I think that's what's funny exciting. about when, um, when Tom tells the story about how he started it right at the start. Um, and he says that with his Wix site, uh, with his oh. Wix site, yeah. So he just had this problem <laughs> himself where he couldn't find a league to race in, very like typical problem. And what does he decide to do? He decides to learn Wix and then make a Wix site that uh, is basically a directory. And then, to be honest, 
I don't even think he was expecting it to to be as popular as it was, and I think that in itself just goes to show like that first initial problem of finding a league. Um, Tom Tom well, solved that by himself. Have you so the old way of finding a league, or I mean, it's still kind of the way because not everybody knows about Gridfinder, right? It's Facebook groups, Reddit, yep. subreddits. It's just happening happening to find something on Twitter. It's really dis, disjointed all over the place, and it's it's yeah. actually hard to find because you know every single league, and you know Gridfinder's guilty of this as well because it's it's a sales page that the league owners are making themselves. So you have to interview these guys or these leagues rather, and find out if like your personality fits. And that's where where I think it's a lot of fun because it's almost like going on a blind date with a league. So you join their discord, right? You, you pop in there, you join their discord and you just kind of sit back for a while and you're like, let's check out these personalities. Let's see what they talk about and see if we can, we mix it all. And then, you know, you move on to the next one. If it doesn't work, it's like blind dates. Just, they don't even know they're, they're being interviewed, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I'm, wonder, I'm wondering now if we can uh, create this like really creative uh, function on Gridfinder to basically do a vibe check for a league. <laughs> so I, I love a grid finder bot sits in their league for a bit, gives them a vibe score, and then we saw like, you, well. you can search based on vibe. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I think um, what you mentioned earlier, Chris, as well, like, you know, at the expo, I, I really enjoyed it. It was really good, but you could tell that everything's still early days. You could tell mm. that it has potential to be a lot bigger. Like, if you compare it to any other sport, eSport, like Rocket League or CSGO, you go back 10, 15 years where it just started, and sim racing is already a good point to be a starting point, and especially with the league stuff that, that we're trying to implement, it only makes it easier for new people to get in, get involved. Yeah, and you kind of had like the the easiest onboarding in the history of sim racing. <laughs> First yeah, off, Nick Hill pulls you into like this super exciting startup that you were already kind of like he he planted the seed correctly, so it already grew in your mind. You're like, oh, I'm really interested in this. And then you come to Sim Racing Expo with us, where we're right next to the classic car show. So cars on the mind right away. Go into an expo where it's just all the major manufacturers. You see all the gorgeous wheels. You're not doing the online shopping thing where you're comparing like numbers, going, I don't know which wheel's better. You literally can grab it and, and use it in a lot yeah. of cases. And just the overall environment there, because everyone loved Sim Racing. I, I, I can't even imagine, Nick Hill, if you and I... Like, the first intro to sim racing was going to sim racing expo, really. And not the first intro, but the first big intro where it's like, hey, come join us. Because you, Camille, on the way back from sim racing expo, bought yourself a wheel. I did, yeah, day. same day, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> to be fair, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, it's because I've played a lot of racing games previously, and I, I was still playing a lot of Forza, you know, like, every day, basically. Um but I've always wanted a wheel, and I never knew that it was just as easy as, you know, throwing, what, 200 quid and you have a full setup ready to go, yeah. uh, like an entry level. Um, so when we tried out some of the, you know, the beefy setups when we were at the expo, I was just like, okay, this is good, this is good, but I kind of want to try it out on my own, you know, see how it is. Yeah. Um, and ever since I got my wheel, I've just been setting lap times, you know, trying to do clean laps and the usual uh, early days things. Because playing a sim racing game is completely different than playing Falls Away. It assists you so much going around every single corner. But, right. Uh, you jump onto an ACC and you take your first corner like you do on Falls and you're just in the, in the dirt. <laughs> you're just in the wall. You're like, yeah. Here's, here's a question. So well. What's going on? Here's a question then, Chris. Do you remember the first sim you played when you got your first wheel? I played Gran Turismo with a wheel for the first time. So before that, I, I, of course, played Need for Speed and Midnight Club and stuff like that on a controller. But my first wheel was a used, I think it was G25 off of eBay. And it was the it was one that came with a manual transmission already. And this is back when, when I was, you know, I, I don't believe I was in high school still, but... Um, I was driving all manual transmission cars because that's all I ever wanted. I'm like, I can't be driving no automatic. That's that's not any fun. You can't do anything fun with an automatic. And, you know, in, in my manual, I'm like, oh, yay. I'm driving like a normal person, not doing anything <laughs> fun anyways. But So I bought the manual transmission, and I was actually completely amazed at the fact that, like, you had to use the clutch shift. Like, oh, the clutch. I'm like, this is, this is real driving. This is amazing. And I was hooked like right from the get-go 
So I bolted it to a, a desk at first because I think everyone bolts it to a desk. You guys are bolted to a desk. At, and then over time, I was like, you know what? I know of this place called Pick and Pull in, in Ohio, right? And Pick and Pull is essentially a junkyard of cars where you can go and you pay what whatever you pull out of the car yourself is what you pay for. And I'm like, <clears throat> okay, well, I have I have circular saws and I can go buy a bunch of two-by-fours and plywood and build myself a like an arcade rig. I didn't call it a sim racing rig back then. I just called it an arcade rig. So I put together this like Formula One-ish seating position thing and then bought a real car seat and put it put it on it and bolted it down. So I had a real car seat. I had a real e-brake as well because I nice. wired like just this little like contact switch <clears throat> into the e-brake so I could actually pull the e-brake and it would lock in place and all that stuff. It was ridiculous <laughs> and I was just hooked. Right from that moment, I was just like, this this is something that I'm going to be dedicating a lot of time into. And then Fanatec was around back then, but Fanatec was like, no way. I'm never going to be able to get that stuff. And it took me like 15, 15 to 20 years to finally be able to buy like a my dream Fanatec system. And you know what? Then we, we end up having cube controls and semi cube and just all these other like upgrades where I'm like, now I want that stuff too. It's, just, <laughs> it's such a black hole of money. If you, if you just start going, cause with, track with racing, some of got these, to see all their crazy rigs and oh, so with some of these newer yeah. wheels as well. Like it's, it's the real version of shiny object syndrome. Cause they all light up different. So it's like, that one lights up better cold. than these lights. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, nice the, these see, switches yeah. feel, feel better than these ones. You know, it was yeah, nice we were see, walking um, around coffee racer as well. I don't know if you oh. remember those. They were they were good. <laughs> that was actually really cool. So yeah, at Sim Racing Expo, um, we saw. I can't even remember the brand. Was it Coffee Racers? Was that what it was? I, I can't remember. I'll, I can't I remember what the so. brand yeah, it was name coffee was. Racer. It, was coffee it was like racing. the the coolest concept. So <clears throat> these these sim rig setups fold into a coffee table. So if you if you've ever seen one of those tables that pulls up into like a table tray, like so you can sit at the couch and eat and it's just a table tray that pulls up, it's kind of like that mechanism. But instead of a table tray, a sim rig pops out of the damn thing. <laughs> like, that's so cool because, you know, a lot of people just don't have the space for a dedicated rig. So yeah. why not use your dining room table or in your couch and all of a sudden you have a sim rig sitting there. That was a very cool concept. Yeah, it Completely. was. I think I've I've got the the lemon now where I've I've got the basic gear, but I kind of want a rig now because yeah, <laughs> it's just it's, so much better. <laughs> it's, it's like, and you'll come up with excuses of why you need the next thing because, like, okay, so you guys yeah. have the G twenty nine. Do you have carpet or do you have uh, wood or like hard floors? I've got a lucky setup where the pedals are actually against the wall, so if I apply any oh, pressure, okay. the walls <laughs> holding them in place. But you know, I've uh, I've changed the bottom of my chair, so there's no longer wheels on it. It's got yep. like the, the the flat bottom, uh, so that's kind of helped a lot. But you know, every single thing I do, I change a tiny thing, and it's like, oh, I could get this. Oh, I could get this. It's, it's so. just completely upgrading your setup, just in little increments until yeah, you're like, you know what? Yeah. I just need a rig now. There's no way around it. I can't get any better on this setup. I have to get a rig now. I think yeah, I that go was ultra wide next on the monitor side Ooh. of things. <laughs> so I have the triples going on on my setup. Uh, yeah. And we played Nickel and I played on the ultra wide for WRC generations, and I really did like the simplicity and clean look of that because with the triples, you know, you have the where they come together, you have the bezels, and you also have, like each screen is at a different angle, so it's like not really like perfect in ac you can get a little bit closer to making it look really nice but in some games that don't support triples like the edges are all just stretched out and it looks all weird and stuff so those ultra wide monitors though that was very yeah. tempting it's uh they're expensive though like the g9 i know is pricey especially if you want to go to the the 240 hertz version mm. it's real pricey. i mean i've used the uh i've used the one that we have in the office and uh it's just so much better than what the current setup I've got here. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you, there's the new, um, the new QD OLED technology coming out. Oh, a lot of people yeah, are raving I've about seen, that. Um, yeah, I've yeah. Seen but that. I, this is definitely, I, I definitely got the bug after the Sim Racing Expo. Like I already had the this G29 that I got about a year ago, um, and yeah, when I got back, I was like, to Tom, I need, I need a rig. I need to get a dark drive <laughs> wheel. 
I need to, I don't have enough, so I live in a one bedroom flat, so I really don't have enough space for this rig. So I was like, oh, I'll just get, um, forget, forget which model it is, but there's one model where you can, it starts out as like just a stand and then it can like, you can bolt things onto it to make it a rig oh, eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, get, I can't get, remember the model like of that the reviews. Um, But yeah, I was trying to justify it. I even talked to um, Tristan, the head of our sim racing team. Uh, he's apparently selling a CSL Elite. Uh, oh, nice. direct job so maybe i'll buy that i'm not sure um but yeah i was trying to justify it to myself it it's one of those it's just like any hobby though the more and more you get into it the more you want to upgrade your stuff and you know you want to you you just you want that little bit of a step up and then you're like well now that i have this i think i want this next step up and then the next step up and it's it's i wonder if there's ever a point in sim racing where you're like i have the ultimate setup. I'm done. I wonder if there's anyone out there that. Thinks I don't that. think that's possible. I don't think, I don't think that's possible no. because the technology changes every year. Someone always brings something out that even even if it just looks nicer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even if it's just their favorite color, <laughs> you know, uh, people will worried. just snap it. I'm a little worried about some of the pricing though, because like oh, okay, yeah. so the the SimiCube pedals are they're absolutely amazing. Force feedback pedal on the brake pedal makes the most sense we've talked about it um a couple different times in a couple different of like the uh the little episodes that we had for the sim racing expo and two thousand pounds for one single pedal one that's it and it's yeah, that yeah, much i kind money. of remember though that it's it's the brand new technology it's the newest yeah. thing the best thing possible so give it a few years they're going to be budget versions they're going to be you know entry-level versions because especially like with the kit they have available now i mean logitech just released the 1000 pound wheel which is yeah, something the they've never done yeah they've never gone into that before so they're expanding into the higher level stuff so probably you've got like simic releasing these pedals um they might lower them you know, try and release like a budget version or something like that. Or even I'm in three years' time when they release something new, they'll probably lower the price anyway. <laughs> or, you know, when when we've got force feedback wheels from SimiQ, from SimMagic, from MSim, from Logitech, from Asatech, once we get everyone in the market and then all of a sudden yeah. the prices plummet because the it's it's almost a race to the bottom in those things at some, some point where they, they finally have to just say well we got to reduce the price so that we can get some of that market because let's be honest a two thousand dollar pedal is not for many people yeah but you have like these really rich people who are just wanting to have a full setup done and they want the best of the I mean, best and you we know. did see vasaro rigs at yeah. sim racing expo what was that one full motion nickel 60k um, or something like that it was like yeah didn't yeah, they call it the, the, the um oh, i can't remember it was like Japanese. Yeah. They they given them all Japanese names to add to the prestige. You know they yeah. they like hand handcrafted the frame. They come to your place. They assemble it. They pick all the PC specs. Which, to be honest, PC specs nowadays like you know what the best is, and you just get that every time. Surely. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and then there's another thing because, for the most part, I'm sure there's a couple of of sim racers out there that are just like I don't know, just buy it and put it in my house, please. But like. Most of the sim racers I know are a little bit of tinkerers. So, like, they want to pick their PC components and put it together. They want to pick each individual part. And they even when they buy something that's like a kit, there's still something uh, about it where you put it together yourself rather than just, like, sit back and watch a person build your rig. You know, there's, there's yeah. just something special to putting things together yourself. That's why people love Ikea so much, maybe. Because it's crap furniture, but everyone loves it. You get oh, to no. choose like every little part of it, and then when you when you finish with it, you can say, "Yeah, that that." It's almost like you've built this it, isn't is it? You know? if, yeah, if it, yeah. You get this the the feeling from like IKEA that you do when you just craft a table out of wood. You know what I mean? Um, the benefit to IKEA is that it constantly makes you change your interior because you're like, "Oh, <laughs> I broke the shelf. Let's get a new shelf. Whatever. Yeah, get a whole Maybe new cabinet. To, uh, get in touch with IKEA to get a uh, rig." going with them, you know partnership <laughs> get a sim going yeah i feel like theirs would theirs would work well with the um i don't th we still don't know the name of that brand where the came out of the coffee table or whatever but it's coffee racers yeah is it coffee racers okay yeah i double checked yeah <laughs> that's a 
very on the nose name, I guess. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So how many races have you done, Camille, would you say with your wheel? And oh, how God. different is it in your mind to racing with a controller? So you've recently got what what was Sim Racing Expo? Two weeks ago or three weeks ago now? I think it was like, like three. It feels three, like it was uh, like a year ago. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's because so, your your trip home on the on the flight all the way back to America probably felt like six months. It was long. It was uh, <laughs> so from the time I started traveling to the time I finally got to my house was thirty six hours. Jeez. So long. Ugh. But so you just got a wheel. You're you're the newest yeah. person to start racing with a wheel. Yeah, Would I mean, say... two days after. Yeah, two days after the expo. I mean, I got COVID from the expo, probably, and uh, I was just stuck at home. So I was just uh, racing away, you know, trying to trying to understand the tracks and uh, trying to get used COVID to it. right after I bought a racing wheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no excuse to excuse to stay at home, right, and uh, just have a go. But I don't know. I haven't. I haven't actually. I've just started my actual, you know, the career mode um, on ACC. But okay. I've just been doing a lot of just jumping into it and doing laps on my own try and get better because I don't want to embarrass myself when I jump in online you know I don't want to be the one that causes a huge crash and okay, <laughs> ruins so everything here's an interesting question because one of the hardest things for me to get over in joining leagues online I was a hot lap master for a long time and I still even like hot laps I, I love putting one single magic lap together that is yeah. the best time I can possibly get but part of that desire was because I was so fearful of messing up someone else's race because you know yeah. let's say you hop online in a midnight club or like an arcade racer right you get online and there's that one jerk that just wrecks everyone and you're like oh, i hate this guy and like you don't even know him really but you like kind of hate him because he wrecked everyone and ruined everyone's race right and i'm like i genuinely wouldn't be trying to wreck someone but i will wreck someone and i don't want to be that guy like i don't well, I'm exactly were you ever the, nervous the about same. that or are you still yeah, well, I mean, I kind of want to get into some actual online racing, but I've been watching a lot of uh, YouTube content of people racing online, things like that, and I'll see, like, someone complaining about someone else's driving, and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll look at it, and I'll see, I don't know what the hell he's doing wrong. So, <laughs> I don't think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy where someone starts telling me I'm doing something wrong, and I, I'm, just, I'm just going for it, you know? <laughs> This guy's like, why is he breaking there? You're like, I don't know, why is he breaking there? Can you explain <laughs> that more, please? I, I need the answer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah i think i think there's like two types of races though i think there's people that really enjoy putting that p perfect lap together and then there's you know almost like the the speed run races right like they're just looking for everything mm. the, the stars to align them to put the best time they can in and then just be done with it and then yeah. there's the other ones that like the story and the racecraft and you know the the i'm battling against this guy for a while and then one of us ends up crashing you know the the, the yeah. more um yeah the most story based one i think i think there's also people who like both like me and camille used to play a lot of trackmania and uh, that that is like the that is the speedrun game to end all speedrun games really like that that is the yeah. goal right um but then when i started sim racing i was like oh there's this whole other side of it that is really immersive that's like learning how to be a good racer um and that's why even online lobbies right uh, yeah, it's scary, but then if if they have beginner friendly in the title, you can't be too mad if if you make a mistake, right? Yeah, but you kind of get a like, bit of that experience. If if they're advertising beginner friendly and you get kicked out of the league for crashing someone, you're like, what the hell? Like, I'm a beginner. That's why I joined this league. What are you talking about, right? I mean, in, well, in, in our time be, at Gridfinder, we've we've been like obviously we get to see a lot of the leagues that are running about, and there's there's been some really good ones that just. Basically, their primary goal is to just help people get into league racing, um, yeah. to actually coach them through it in a way, um, to mm -hmm. do the splits, to put people against each other that have contrasting skills, etc. Teach them a little bit, you know. It's like I, th I think that's really the league cool. zone version of, <clears throat> of SBMM, <clears throat> which, interestingly enough, I I like that version of SBMM because you know. You know what split you're in. You know what level you're at. It's not like a shooter game, for instance, where you're just like, I don't even know if I'm go good. I don't know if I'm bad. I, all I know is that I have to try really hard every single time I'm in this game, and it's difficult. Yeah. But it, 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 racing is 
interesting because like I love putting that perfect lap together, but there's something about like following someone where you're like couple inches from their bumper and you're like okay i know where my braking point should be oh no they hit their brakes a little bit early and you're freaking out because because you're expecting them to break later and that's where camille that's where someone goes why did he break there what's going on why is he doing that you know? <laughs> well actually i noticed that you were wanting to uh, commentate a race is that right chris yeah yeah i actually yeah so i want to get it, i, I am on? getting into that technically um this Wednesday is my first oh, gig nice. to do that. Very excited. Well, I watched the I watched a few of you because you were streaming again recently. I was yep, tuning to a few of them when I could. Started doing well, that yeah, again. I'm and in the rally like racing, well. which I'll tell you what, rally racing, I used to love it. Like Nikhil, I was telling you, I love rally racing. It's there's something special about rally racing. So we went over to the WRC Generations, and it's been so long since I actually did rally racing that. I was just utter crap at the game. And the game felt a little off. It felt like it was in like some like assist you mode where it wasn't doing the stuff that we were inputting. Another subject altogether. But that immediately rekindled my like love for rally. You guys were off doing your own thing and I'm on the rally <laughs> sims again, just sitting there racing. And then right when I got back here, I was like, okay, the first thing I'm doing, I got a handbrake, which is still not here yet because shipping anything right now takes forever. But... I started playing uh, Dirt Rally 2.0 again, and I'm just like, man, I love this style of racing. There's there's it's something actually, about, um, like, rescuing that crazy slide where you're like, I'm yeah. out of control. No, actually, I'm kind of in control. What's happening? <laughs> like, It's insane so watching good. someone who's actually really good at Dirt Rally because it's, it's just so mesmerizing. I have no idea how the hell they know what they're going to do. It's, <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a perfect ballet of out of control and in control, and it's like... yeah. Yeah, I, I well, pulled up a bunch of YouTubers as well, and I was just like, how are they doing that? I mean, what? even our racing team at the Expo, when they just sat down and played, I think it was Dirt Rally they played, um, that was insane to watch, because how they can just jump from what, ACC and iRacing to just Dirt Rally and actually well, this good is the thing. Like <laughs> There's that common thing in sim racing, right, where everyone starts off looking like at a distance they would driving their red car around town, and then you eventually have to learn to look you know, into the distance you know, mm -hmm. and trust the fact that you're going to be where you want it to be and then sort of move on to the next one. But in rally, that, that distance seems like three times the distance. You have to be looking like way, way, way well, further into the distance and like planning every move and then so just trusting that the car's going to be there. <laughs> you're looking off into the distance as far as your eyes can see and then you've got your co-driver yelling in your ear <laughs> seven turns out <laughs> and you're like trying <laughs> to remember what he's saying. And it's yeah. just... It's the craziest experience, especially like, cause once you understand the car that you're in, so you pick your favorite car and you really iron out the feel of it. And then you start to understand the tracks a little bit more. And then you, you listen to the call outs. Cause one, one guilt or one problem that I have rather is I stop listening to the co-driver and then I'm playing like reaction mode. So I'm reacting to everything happening. And I'm like, I have this dude literally telling me what's on the way like why did i why did i not know which direction that that hairpin went he told me what am i doing yeah <laughs> and then let alone all like the the i don't know what they call it but the the co-driver language um yeah the pace straight over my stuff. Head. yeah it's uh i had to look it up again because i well i couldn't remember if one or six was was really intense and for some reason i wanted it to be like a meter where like one is easy six is hard but it's flipped, so it's speed. So one is slow, six is fast, and I was like, mentally, I wanted it to be opposite for the longest time, yeah. and I and I have no idea why. But I had that mental block for a bit, where I'm just like, no, I I got to remember it's speed, not difficulty. It's, I think it's I, just, what I've noticed so is um, with Dirt Rally, you get that reward straight away when you hit a good corner, when you do a good good run. It's really good. But then you play F1, and that's kind of high-octane you know, gameplay. It's a lot faster. Um, that's good as well. But then you play ACC, and you get the enjoyment when you actually set your lap. Like, mm -hmm. you're happy taking the corners. When you finally set your lap, you're like, okay, this is, this is great. Whereas with the other games, you're feeling it throughout the whole race, but it's not as rewarding in the end. Well, for me, anyway. Yeah, actually, you know, that's kind of funny, because for me, Dirt Rally, um, you're perfectly on point with that because you slide around a hairpin perfectly and you just dart out and straight out into the next area 
you're like, okay, that was great. You have little wins all over. In the end of the race, you're just like, oh, God, thank you, it's over. Yeah. It's, it's just like <laughs> a relief instead of like, yes, I did good. It's just like, okay, I can breathe again. Like, I've said a couple times when I'm streaming, I'm like, oh, my eyes are burning. I'm not blinking again. And like, oh, <laughs> I took a breath and I feel like I've been holding my breath for the last 10 minutes. What am I doing? Breathe, blink, like bodily functions keep doing their thing let's go <laughs> yeah it's so yeah, weird that as well i used to get that playing all sorts of video games i think it must just be the intense concentration yeah um, like, like blinking for me like i know if, i know i need to log off my pc when my eyes start stinging yeah. and uh yeah. maybe that's too extreme i don't know but <laughs> that, that that's my uh my natural <laughs> guys... cut off anyway well camille you probably don't have this issue but uh do you remember when gunner optics started being popular the gamer glasses oh they, i do they, actually remember that yeah they have they they have the yellow tinted lenses yeah. and they're like supposed to so the idea was that a lot of people don't blink when they play games so like glasses were going to keep moisture in a little bit closer to yeah. your eyes so your eyes don't dry out as much the yellow tint was going to reduce the amount of blue light going into your eyes so that was going to be good for you it's going to make you a better gamer. And they, they started being like, it, it improved your vision to HD vision. And it's just like all these stupid marketing things. I was one of those people that's like, let's give it a shot. <laughs> so, so I bought them, put them on, and was like, this is garbage. Like, all it did was tint everything yellow. It's like buying, uh, like, like, hunting glasses. So, like, hunting glasses are tinted yellow, and they brighten up everything. But it was like the worst version of it ever because now all the colors look off. And you're like, oh, yeah. why would I ever yeah. want this in a video game? And that's the other thing. Like, I think people sometimes overlook or downplay how much the aesthetics of a game help to make you enjoy it. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes me and Tom, even in sim racing, right? Like, sometimes me and Tom will jump into a, a, a random car, random track, and then, you know the soul mod will make it look amazing. And we'll just be driving around, looking around in VR at how beautiful it is. You're just, just yeah, from you're our just office. In awe. Have you ever played ACC in VR as well? Because that game in VR is stunning. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I think ACC in general did a really good job on the, on, on the visuals. Yeah, um, I agree. I think it's probably one of the best without mods, obviously. Um, right. Yeah. One thing, so I love AC, and I think a lot of people out in the sim racing community like AC as well. Um, it's, I mean, because it's still living, first off. The one thing that stinks, though, is sometimes I don't want to, like, have to mod things, have to adjust things, have to continually fidget with things and worry about that. Sometimes it's just nice, like, in AC or ACC, you just turn it on, turn it on to a graphic setting that your computer can handle at a good frame rate, and you're done with ac you download a track and you're like oh this track doesn't look very good in Sol. okay i'm gonna go try to find another version of the same track that has a better texture package with it and it's it gets to the point of like over fidgeting and under enjoying i don't know if that made any sense but you know you know what i <laughs> yeah. mean you're just you're spending so much time fidgeting making the game look good that you're not actually just playing and racing the tracks but i mm. feel like i feel like as sim racing gets bigger there's going to be more games and more people interested in it and they're going to kind of hopefully solve that issue like uh what is it rent sports that's coming out soon that's supposed to be yeah. really good we've got forza motorsport looks amazing as well when that finally comes out i'm mm -hmm. excited to play that uh, and there's just you know it's constant new things coming in so hopefully um one day it's just a case of running the game and enjoying what we're actually uh doing without modding too much so what do you guys think about subscription-based service racing games? Like iRacing. So iRacing's entry is expensive. It really it, it is. For the first year that you play, you're like, okay, I've got to buy this subscription, which is on sale right now, which is the this is the best time to get into iRacing if you don't have an account because it is, I think it's like 50% off new memberships, right? But and then... As you progress in iRacing, you have to buy more tracks, right? <clears throat> How do you guys, or what do you guys think about subscription-style racing like that? Do you prefer buy the game, have all the content, or do you prefer subscribe to the game, continuously get content forever style of, uh, style of I guess, business practice? I don't know what I'm looking for there, but... 
I, th- I think there's a, there's a happy medium there where you sort of pay to play, so you have the monthly subscription or for whatever championship or whatever license you want to do. But then I, I think I, I don't, I'm not really a big fan of the fact that if you want to carry on, you have to buy more tracks. Like I think they should just be not playable uh, until you have paid your membership and then you does, uh, have got to that level. If you go into iRacing and buy everything i think it's like a couple thousand to get everything and i'm a weird person where in my mind when i buy a video game and i'm still kind of i guess this is me still fighting the subscription model a little bit when i buy a game i'll buy the ultimate edition right and i'm just like okay i have everything i'm done i have every single dlc i have everything that came out with the season pass whatever i'm done I like that style because then I'm like, okay, I can play anything, any piece of content in this video game that I want. So when I looked at iRacing, I'm like, okay, so I want to buy a bunch of tracks. I want to get all my favorite tracks and I want to get all my favorite cars. And I'm like, wait, how much money is this? Like, <laughs> what is going on right now? And I just yeah, paid... Yeah, the same as you, Chris. Yeah, it's same. like, it feels, it feels too, like it's too much, but there's an interesting piece of me that has started to kind of switch the other way where I'm like, okay, so what good is having all the tracks if I can't even, if I don't have the license or the, or the cars or the experience enough yet to, to be able to race those things. So it yeah. makes sense to me how, and why iRacing does it. And the one thing that I do like about subscription based services that do cost a little bit more than your typical game is that it makes the people that are playing the game have a different mindset. <clears throat> so if you jump into an AC lobby or an ACC lobby and get crashed out, that person doesn't care. There's no licensing system. There's no penalty system. They just go onto another server and they crash out some more people and just ruin people's races all day, every day, right? In iRacing, there's actually penalties and problems and you can get suspended from your account for a while if you do that kind of stuff. So it, it's just a different mindset. Nickel, I see you nodding your head over there as well. It seems yeah, like you agree. I, I, I agree. I think though that, I think a more elaborate sort of safety rating uh, thing could mm-hmm. be implemented like in like something like ACC where it's it gets a bit more granular. So I don't know how they okay. do it. Obviously I'm, I'm not here to propose how they do it, right. but. You know, Dear like ACC actually analyzing situations. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think with um, how iRacing do it, like what you mentioned Nick, earlier, Nickel, is like there the, the can be a happy medium, but you've got that sunk cost fallacy or, what, or whatever the term is, that if you pay for iRacing and you pay for all these tracks, you're, you're just stuck now because you've put a lot of money into it. And if you stop your subscription, you just can't, it's can't like, play again. Um, like, there's a poker term called pot committed where like you've put yeah. so much money into the pot already you have to play the hand so you have yeah. to play the game in that in that context i i agree with you on that one camille definitely because but i think that, that you can do it in a good way like i understand that, you know all the servers and everything it costs money and mm-hmm. development costs money and, and things like that but as long as there's constant content and the pricing isn't too crazy then i'd be okay with it but i feel like iRacing pricing is a bit high for, for for someone it's, like me who's just going into it, you know. For the casual racer, it is just like a little bit too high. <clears throat> it's almost like if they were to do a a subscription level that was you could only race so many races in a week's period, but it was a cheaper membership because you only had two races a week, we'll just say, just to pick a number out of a hat, right? So let's say you you paid iRacing a much cheaper membership fee, but you had two races a week that you could actually race in, and then you were done. That's all you got. You didn't get unlimited racing all the time. That would be kind of an interesting thing, and it it may entice me to to jump in a little bit, because then you're not so committed then. I think I I agree with you. um, I think when there's more competitors as well, they're going to have to change their model a little bit because currently iRacing is like the go-to if you're taking it seriously. But yeah. when other games come out, when other things come out, you, there might be an alternative that's a bit cheaper. So then iRacing is a bit like, okay, we're going to have to add this light version or free version for a bit, you know, things sure. like that. But for now, I think they've kind of got the the edge of the market because it's the main go-to. Okay, I'm taking this seriously. Yeah, you know, maybe I would they don't almost... want to target the casuals. As much, that's true you know, like maybe like a part of them's like no we want we sort of want to be the space where the real serious racers want to go race sort of tune their craft have fun uh, progress yeah. 
and I could, I almost could like substitute yeah like for people that want to substitute it instead of actually like going karting for example but would prefer you know faster cars or whatever mm -hmm. i wonder so i'm trying to come up with like the way that that i would just accept iRacing and the first thing that kind of comes to mind is if the membership was free but it came with almost nothing and then you did buy tracks and you did buy cars I think it's the double thing where you pay a membership, but and then you don't get all of this other stuff and you have to pay for that as well. I think it's that, that feeling that I'm getting double, double kicked in the groin, if you will, to race in iRacing. Now, have you guys played iRacing? No. Nope. It's, not, it's not, I wouldn't call it the most beautiful game out on the market by any means. So I, I wonder... Because Fortnite just did this thing where they went from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5, and it completely revamped yeah. the game. Looks like a, it looks like a brand new addition. It looks like Fortnite 2, right? So I wonder if there's ever a time where iRacing is going to do something major to their engine to, to make it that next level of visuals, because they're, they are starting to get left in the dust a little bit when it comes to just the overall aesthetic of the game. Because it looks old, yeah. like when you're in there and your your overlays for for your data, your menu systems, just things are starting to be pretty dated in there in comparison to like especially ACC. But even even AC with Content Manager just feels a little bit more modern. Yeah. You know? So I wonder. If I think I had do that recently. Thing. I was looking on Twitter and uh, I saw the F1 uh, Twitter page tweet about a. Um, F1 competition and I was I was looking at the video they posted and it took me a solid 20 seconds to realize that this was the F1 game and not actual <laughs> F1 racing yeah. where I think the F1 game is quite good because you know everything's so fast paced and it looks quite realistic um, but I know what you mean with iRacing because I think if I put an iRacing stream on I can kind of tell you, you, that you'd instantly recognize there. I've had people yeah. when I'm watching ACC one of my one of my buddies that I work with right now, he's like, "Is that real car racing or is that a video game?" And I'm like, "It's a video game." He's like, "It looks like real car racing. Like I can't even yeah. tell the difference." I have the same when uh, whenever I see these um, these in-game captures from ACC oh. that the teammate the team create, I look at them and I'm like, like stunned. I show people that don't sim race. They're like, "Is this real or is this uh, a game?" And then they they like oh yeah I know by the question that um, it's actually it's probably real. you're just making me think or... it's a game, and, and then I'm like no it's a game and they're like what, like uh, how, it's... I, I think as well I think the thing that helps it I remember watching the um, F1 22 demo, and mm -hmm. it's the rain, I think you assume okay. that rain okay. is really hard to emulate. But actually, in-game, it makes it look super realistic. I think it's it, yeah. something to our brains where it fools it a bit and it's thinking, oh, there's no way that's possible in a game. <laughs> that's but true. It is. That's, that's interesting you say that because I have noticed as well that, like, so it's sunsets and rain. Like, it's, it's like extreme weather conditions that you don't, that make it look even more realistic, right? Like, if you get yeah. this, there's this car going over a crest and there's the sun setting off in the distance. You're like, oh, that's some photographer somewhere or whatever. Yeah. And, or the ones that the Gridfinder Sim Racing team posted where it's raining. It's like, wow, that just looks beautiful. It's, it's desktop wallpaper worthy. It's that pretty. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to do like game photography, but every single time I start up the game, I just play the game. I'm just like, no, I'm going to race instead <laughs> of like prepped for the photo shoot or something, you know? So I, I'm I never think what patient you, enough. I think I think something that might sway you instead of maybe doing game photography is trying to create, like you know, like promo footage. Yeah, that's um, true. You know, like cut together some racing scene, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but do it a bit. You know, you see some of these um, these uh, videos where people have the camera panning around, and it's it's not just like in-game view of the race. It's like oh the yeah, camera it's not the auto switched and, to view of the yeah, replay or whatever yeah. yeah and like the headlights turn on uh, do you know yeah, stuff like that like more of like kind of like this is such a weird reference to be making on uh, this podcast but you know like uh, in Cars the movie all the different like <laughs> cutscenes and things in that right but yeah, in a yeah. realistic looking ACC or challenge AC accepted yeah. <laughs> I think it's really nice to uh, it's really nice to see all the effort that put that goes into the liveries as well because there's some really nice ones out there oh, and you can tell some of these people have spent 
so many hours on it. Some of these livery designers that are in the Gridfinder Discord, they they share, of course, in the in the what, what show off des, design show off or whatever it's called. I forget the channel actual name, but I look at it and I'm like, that's pure art. That's absolutely amazing. It looks better than a lot of the cars that you see on the actual real life races. And the cool thing about sim racing liveries is that there's no worry about the cost of like replacing a fender or how it's going to look if they damage the fender. They don't care. They hit a button and refreshed. Yeah. It's, I really like that about design. sim racing is the, the, the creativity. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of something like Warhammer in a way, you know, like if you see okay. content or like Dark Souls has a massive creator following where they do like um, sort of community made lore and uh, drawings and, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. I kind of feel the same way. It's amazing. Some of the videos, some of the liveries, um, some of the overlays, you know, all these things that are really, we're really lucky, I think, to have a gaming community that's also highly creative and has the option to get these things in game. Yeah. Um, like trading paints, for example, just the fact that someone's delivery can go viral effectively on trading paints and you can, I mean, there's the prospect that if you're a livery designer, you jump into a lobby one day and someone's got your livery on their car. Has your car, yeah. You, you know, well, that, that, in, I, I think it's trading paints where, so we have Gridfinder liveries up in iRacing. And one of the coolest things about iRacing is it tells you when people use your livery design in-game. So, like, of course, AC and ACC don't do that. But that's, like, a really cool feature because, like, for me, for instance, you know, I, I post videos online. So I've, I've been streaming and, and posting TikToks and, and random stuff like that. And I check all the time at, like, oh, how many views, how many likes, how many, how many this, how many that. As a livery designer in, in iRacing, you get that benefit, too. You get that little endorphin rush of, oh, people are using my stuff. This is amazing. That's yeah. such it's a quite, cool It's thing. really interesting because it's the same as what we talk about, about building this website. It's, it is. When, when we see people using it and people getting value out of it and league managers, I remember a couple of weeks ago, I, we decided to put something in. I can't remember what it was, but someone messages the next morning being like, this is the best thing you've ever added, thanks. <laughs> and me and Tom were just like, damn, that that is a good feeling. Yeah. Um, I, I actually can't wait for when we're all working together. Yeah. That feeling is going to be there every week, hopefully, probably. One of, <laughs> yeah. one of the really early wins that that Tom and I shared was we were trying to promote Gridfinder and trying to get it kind of to be known, at least in some circles, right? And then there were times where we were both kind of trolling around Facebook groups or Reddit subreddits and anytime someone would be like, oh, where do I find a league? We were the ones that were like, oh, go to Gridfinder, go to Gridfinder, go to Gridfinder, doing it all manually. And the, it was a real big win when it started to happen where other people were saying, oh, go to Gridfinder. And we're like, oh, it's, it's like becoming a thing. It's becoming this useful tool that not only we think is useful and we're promoting it, the actual people that are racing are sending it out into the ether, if you will, and, and putting it out there and helping us build something that's useful. That it, it was a really, really cool win, and I think we're going to have a lot of those because we have a lot of things planned. So now, Camille, I know that you, you haven't really been to... Uh, actually, have you been to any of the development meetings quite yet? I don't think... Uh, no, I think Not the yet. idea is that I'll be getting involved with that relatively soon. Yeah, start um, relatively soon as well. So, so maybe it's good to even have you in on this Monday's meeting if uh, if you're free during that time, because uh, there's a big discussion that will know, af yeah. will affect you drastically as well that we have to have. But yeah. Nikhil, let's let's pose this question to you. What is the one thing that this year you want for Gridfinder? So. At the Christmas episode 2023, what is the thing that you want to be celebrating at that point? I think probably a league that didn't exist, doesn't exist now, having, you know, being one of the most successful leagues okay. by that time. You know, we, we, we gauge what the most successful leagues are, you know, the, the most active, the most popular. We, we, we gauge all that just from being around the site. Mm -hmm. But if we see one that we know is new and it's doing well, and the reason it's doing well is because it's found its drivers through Goodfinder 
and um, it's been able to manage itself through GridFinder, find admins through GridFinder, organize events, you know, all these different functions that we're, we're adding. Yep. If, if, if one person um, creates some success directly as a result, that'd be awesome. That would be neat to just see them grow through GridFinder, which brings up another thing we probably have to discuss, reporting for leagues so that we can even look at their <laughs> reporting and go, look at this curve. Yeah, they yeah. Gained a lot um, there's always ideas coming out as well. Like even when we were speaking just then, uh, when you were saying how realistic the game looks, I thought how fun would it be to make a web app where the community can vote if this is a in-game image or if it's a real-life image, you know? And that kind of brings some traffic into GridFinder, things like that. Like literally, yeah. ideas as as we're talking about it, and there's so much more that we can make, even if it's a hundred percent relative to the business. How you know? We want to create all the uh, all the actual league things, but there's also some fun things you can create, like a calendar or you know what I just mentioned. Then there's just always ideas coming out, and uh, so I think every single idea is worth it. Now we don't have Tom with us for this episode because I'm sure we would have to be like Tom, stop sharing all the secrets <laughs> that we have, stop <laughs> saying things about features and stuff. But I do want to talk about this this one feature that I've always thought would make it would make me go back to grid finder frequently and it was a it was just this little app that tom and i thought up at one point <clears throat> and it was in regards to stewarding right so we all know stewards have like the hardest job on the damn planet to decide whether or not something is someone's fault right so so tom and i you know we come from the old days do you remember the stupid app hot or not <laughs> back in the day or there's, the there's of course, uh, there's swipe left and right, like t Tinder, for like, oh, yes, I, I want to talk to this person. No, I don't, whatever. Think about stewarding in that way, okay? So think about, you upload a clip to who's at fault at GridFinder or whatever, right? So we'll just call it who's at fault for, from GridFinder. You upload a clip of a stewarding event, and it's either car A or car B, and you just swipe left or swipe right for who's at fault in that instant, and it just keeps going like a TikTok feed almost and just keeps on giving you like who's at fault incidents that yeah it's always be... nice to do that in other games like csgo has uh, overwatch where it shows you a demo of someone who's been reported for cheating and you get to vote if you think they're cheating or not and sometimes it's obvious sometimes it's not obvious and you kind of have to guess right. and i think they have an algorithm that if you guess correctly a lot of times you have a higher um okay. status of you know like Let's respect keep... or whatever I so like you know things like that that's really, I, I, I'm I'm excited because we're we're lucky in that we we have capacity to explore these sorts of things now. We do in a traditional business we absolutely would not. Uh, but in this sort of thing we can we can explore like community tools and stuff, just for fun. <laughs> you know we we can allocate development time to having fun because that's the space we operate in and that's the space we've chosen to operate in. And um, yeah, I just think these these sorts of things are so exciting and great for like team. Uh, this is a bit this is a bit boring, but like you know, team, <laughs> team, team morale, you know, getting together well, on a Friday afternoon and just trying think, to build something crazy. I think these fun things is what brings traffic though, because like a lot of the times you'll see that some popular website is only popular f because they had some little app that drove traffic into it, and then they realize, mm. oh, this is actually a cool thing, you know. So I think always even the fun things the fun community things are always worth checking out especially at this stage of a project where it's still you know quite low level and uh, not as known as it, as it really should be but um yeah well i just thought of find a commentator where it's tinder but for commentators and you watch a <laughs> video and you're like nope i don't want to talk to them nope i don't want to talk yeah i want to talk to them get them in contact with me like all kinds of <laughs> options I think that's yeah, that's awesome. what's really cool is is we actually do have a passion for sim racing and, and the overall esports idea of what we're building, because like right now I work, my my current job that I am eventually going to be switching, you know, safety and compliance software for the government. Not exactly, not exactly the the fun sim racing thing like. Nikhil, how many meetings have we done where we're like, well, do we just want to play like some games and, and chit chat about what we need to chit chat about? Like, let's just do that instead. Well, this is it. You know, I mentioned before about how even before I started working, I'd come on to the, the Tuesday at eight meetings, right? This is after a full nine to five days work. Yep. I'd come on and I'd come off and I'd tell my girlfriend, that was really fun. <laughs> you know, for the couple <laughs> of hours leading up to it, I'd be looking forward to it. Like, 
you know that's such a good feeling right to to like yeah care care about your job but not only care about it but like look forward to it i know we're getting into yeah. the weeds a little bit on like oh kumbaya hold hands whatever I don't know. <laughs> it's just very should cool we do that, some racing that that. yeah uh, that's what i was trying to transition into and then we got all <laughs> sidetracked and everything so we are going to throw some laps together now we are at where are we at Mugello with the mx5 today <clears throat> we have already started a server so if you go into ac content manager and you just search for sim sundays that's the easiest way it'll pop right up at the top and um did i put a server password or did i not put a server yes i did a put a server password and it is sim sundays 27 which is the episode number i remember now all lowercase sim sundays and then 27 for the number there and that's going to do it for the podcast episode. So we appreciate everyone being here. Do you have any last words to say, Nikhil, Camille, to our audio listeners? Uh, long live Big um, Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for listening. You yeah. like doing the, the Spock like hand gesture. <laughs> Thunder, you know. Okay, well, uh, podcast listeners, we appreciate you being here. Thank you very much for the very successful year. We almost hit 8,000 downloads. We're very close. We'll probably hit it by the end of 2022, which is absolutely insane. Never thought that something that really was just a hobby for Tom and I was going to actually become something where, you know, it mattered in our little sim racing community or in our little sim racing corner that we're making over here. And we appreciate all the downloads. Have a great holiday season and everything like that. Obviously, search GridFinder on any social that you want to follow us on. And then, of course, YouTube.com slash at Sundays for all the episodes next year. We have a bunch of great guests already lined up. We are hitting the ground running. So continue to listen and download and say hi to us on all social platforms. But that'll do it for this episode. We will talk to you next year. Thanks. Hey, this is Chris from GridFinder. Thanks for listening to the Sim Sundays podcast. Head on over to gridfinder.com to find your spot on the grid and join sim racing leagues for all your favorite games. Just enter your preferred game, car of choice, then let us know if you'd like to race PC, Xbox, or PlayStation, and we'll give you a list of actively recruiting leagues for you to join. And if you're a league owner, post your league on Gridfinder so that you run with a full grid for every race. If you're looking to upgrade your sim rig, visit the episode sponsor TrackRacer at trackracer.com. Thanks for being here.